0: Well, as we journey through Lent, um, I think we're having a conversation about um, this journey of spiritual formation. Um, Part of Lent is a time for us to um, reflect and to repent, to turn back to God, and to be renewed. Renewed. But if we're going to be on this journey, this spiritual journey, this Christian life as we call it, it seems like to me it's good for us to know our destination, don't you think? I mean, like, if you were going to um, head out on a trip, it would be good to know where you were going, correct? I mean, if you wanted to go to Hamilton, you wouldn't uh, go south on 69, right? Unless you really wanted to take the scenic route. It's important to know where we are headed uh, so that we can create a roadmap of how to get there and we can do the things that that will get us there. It's the same thing with uh, careers, yes? As the kids said and the different things, depending on what you want to be determines what you study and what schools you do and even determines... What you begin to think about taking in high school. Yes, if you're going to be a science major, you're probably not going to take um, all of the history classes and not take any science classes. Yes? Why well, you'd want to be a history major, I don't Oh, I'm sorry. My wife is a history major. She'll, she'll make me pay for that later. Um, I did. I... Oh, that's another story. Don't, don't get off on a rabbit trail. Um. But it is important for us to think about where we're going, isn't it? It's important for us uh, to know where we're headed. And the same thing is true in in our Christian life and in our spiritual journey. And in fact, I fear part of uh, why uh, we are where we are in the church. I mean, if you see survey after survey that is done by folks, indicates that people in the church don't look a lot different than people outside the church now that doesn't seem right does it i don't maybe maybe you think that seems right i mean to me that doesn't seem right that uh, there that there's no difference between people who are in church and people who don't even go to church now i mean that concerns me as to why that is. And part of me wonders, if, is it because we just haven't thought um, deeply about our destination? It makes, me, it makes me wonder. And so I thought we would read a couple of passages. I'm going to read this passage from Ephesians uh, again. And I'm going to read from chapter uh, 3 verses 18 to 19, and then chapter 4, 12 to 16. And so I invite you to hear these words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. I ask, this this is a a part in the middle of a prayer, actually, that Paul was praying uh, for the church at Ephesus. And um, he gets to a point and he says, "This this is what he's praying for this church. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length Height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. And then just a chapter later, um, he continues in verse 12, and he says, uh, He says this. His purpose, God's purpose, um, Paul's purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of God's Son. God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head of the whole body. And then I want to read this passage from john chapter 17 verses 20 through 23 this is jesus Um, from john 15 through 17 we have this long discourse of jesus as he's talking to the disciples and preparing them for the fact uh, that he is going to go away that he is going to to die on the cross and so uh, this is a prayer that jesus is praying for his disciples I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word, because of the disciples' word. In other words, Jesus was not only praying for his apostles, he was praying for us. Think about that. He was praying for us. He was praying for everybody who would believe because of what the apostles taught. I pray they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, I pray that they will also be in us so that the world will trust that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know. That you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. I invite everyone with ears to hear to hear the word of God this day. Now, before, before I uh, unpack or talk about what, what, what I think we hear in that passage, I want us to think about what we don't hear in that passage, okay? In, in either of those passages. Do you notice that, that neither Paul nor Jesus say, The goal, I pray that they may all one day get to heaven. Do you hear that in that passage anywhere? And yet, I think so often in the church, we think that our destination is heaven. Now, now, don't get me wrong. You're like, well, where do you think we're supposed to go, pastor? We don't like the other choice. But see, we think that our goal, too often we act as if our goal is to get to heaven. And that shapes how we think we are supposed to live and to grow here, doesn't it? We come to believe, I think, too often that that means that we just need to know what the minimum requirements are. Yes? Just tell me what the minimum requirements are so I know that I'm in. Or or better yet, can you give me a ticket? Can you give me a ticket that will guarantee that I'm there? The the only problem with the ticket is I understand United Methodist tickets aren't as good as tickets from other denominations. (laughs) Uh, Some of them are like, uh, once you get them, you're okay. You don't have to worry about it. And I think sometimes we get this mentality that we just want to get to a place where we know we're going to heaven And then it doesn't matter what we do with the rest of life. We we think that the goal is to get to heaven to meet the minimum requirements so we can be sure that we get there and that we are able to go. But in reality, if we're honest with ourselves we begin to hear uh, passages and and we begin to hear some sermons that that talk about how all those people out there are going to hell because they're not in here, right? We hear those messages and and somewhere in the back of our mind, we begin to wonder, I wonder if my ticket's really still good or if it's expired or if there's something else I need to do to get there. And it begins to shape and we begin to think that... um, that the goal is is some transaction that we need to make. So that we're assured that we will go to heaven. It also affects our evangelism, if we think about it. I mean, if the goal of life is to get to heaven, the only thing we really have to tell other people is um, you need to come and be like us or else you won't be in heaven. As if... All of life is simply about where we go when we die. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read in Genesis, and it talks about God creating humanity, it didn't seem like he created humans so that what we do here on the earth is meaningless and that all we need to worry about is having a ticket to get to heaven. Now, notice another thing that Paul nor Jesus say in here. I think we make this mistake sometimes also. Of Paul nor Jesus did they say that the goal is to become a better person or a more moral person. Think about that one. Don't we oftentimes think that's what the Christian life is about? We kind of think, in fact, we often think in terms of well, we get our ticket, um, we're sure to go into heaven and then Um, it's kind of optional whether or not we uh, attempt to be a more moral or a better person. But sometimes we think about the Christian life as just being a life where we become better or we become more moral. Where does that lead us if that's our focus? Then what we need, right, we need the list of do's and don'ts. Give me the list of do's and don'ts so I know if I'm moral, moving toward being a better person or not. And we seek to follow rules so often when we think it's all about morality. And then the other thing I think that happens is we read passages like the Sermon on the Mount and we think, oh my gosh, I can never accomplish that. And so then we begin to think, well... uh, I can look at my neighbors across the street and I'm better than them, right? I'm better than them. And so maybe I'll make the cut. Maybe it's like in golf, you know, there's a a cut. Uh, 200,000 get in and everybody else is out of luck. As long as I make the cut, I'm good. But we begin to think that um, the Christian life is about becoming a better person, about making ourselves a better person. And we get focused on this thing where we try to to follow the rules or we try to be a a better person or at the very least, we try to be better than our neighbors. But in the back of our head, we're always concerned, am I really good enough? Am I really good enough? You see, the problem with both of these views is that we get more concerned about trying to manage our sin and our immorality. We get more concerned uh, about avoiding things rather than walking toward God. Do you hear in both Paul and in Jesus, do you hear the goal? The goal is maturity, maturity. In Christ. The goal is to grow in Christ likeness, and, and don't hear that wrong. Oftentimes, when we hear that, we go back to the idea of morality when we think about growing in likeness to Christ. We think it's about Christ's behavior. But what is Jesus' prayer for his disciples? To grow in Christ likeness is to be in communion. With the triune God, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The goal of the Christian life is not just to get to heaven or to be a better person, but it is to live in communion with God here and now. You hear that beautiful prayer that Jesus had not just for his disciples. He said, I'm praying this prayer for all who will believe because of the message that is shared throughout the generations. Jesus' hope was that those who would follow him, who would come after him, would discover this wonderful communion and union and intimate relationship with God here and now, not just at some point in the future. You see, both Paul and Jesus, I think, emphasize that the point of our Christian life and our spiritual formation is so that we enjoy the presence of God. We don't often think about that, do we? It's so that we might enjoy the presence of God and so that we might experience God's love for us. Because you see, until we experience that love that God has for us, we are never going to be changed into people who can love other people. And so both Paul and Jesus emphasize that the Christian life, that spiritual formation, it is about being united with God. And it is in being united with God, in communion with God, that He begins to grow within us from the inside out. This beautiful masterpiece that exists within us. This masterpiece that is capable of truly living and loving like Jesus. This masterpiece, when we allow it to bloom because we live in communion with God, other people see it. And they too trust in God and desire to participate in the same communion that we have experienced. Now is that different than how we so often talk about spiritual formation? Rather than worrying about avoiding sin and all of those things, it encourages us to move toward God And toward love. And to trust that those other things will be taken care of. I assure you, this is a promise i make you. Um, I'm like 99.9% sure of this. If you live in communion with God here and now, you'll live in communion with God in eternity. You think that's a true statement? I think I'm pretty safe on that one. If we live in communion with God here and now... We will be better people, will we not? But we don't get to heaven and we don't become better people by that being our destination. We arrive there by seeking to live in communion with God here and now. And so I invite you to hear these words this day to hear Paul's challenge to hear actually to hear Paul's prayer and Jesus' prayer for us may that be our prayer for ourselves and for our neighbors may we seek to be a, be one with father, son and holy spirit in all that we do so that we might grow to be mature adults In the fullness of Christ. Amen.